Good afternoon and welcome to the 330 Sports Show. My name is Justin Coffin. We are live downtown at Youngstown Studio. Today is May 25th, 2023. Uh, today we have a guest joining us today. She is, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have her tell you all of the different things because I went through her uh, resume here and she's got a lot of different titles. But Emily Heikola from Trumbull County Country Club. That's where we'll, we'll start. So Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your background? So I grew up in the area. I'm originally from Vienna. Um, I started working at Trumbull. This is my second year. So okay. I've only been there about a year and a half. Um, basically, I'm one of our assistant professionals. I do day-to-day -day golf operations, mm -hmm. lessons, regripping clubs, club repair, just about anything and everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up around golf. Uh, my parents owned Vienna Short Holes on 193 okay. uh, when I was growing up. So dad kind of introduced me to the game i have sure. had a club in my hand since i was two so it awesome. was i was kind of destined for it yeah for this industry um let me uh i mean i don't know what, what else you want to know so okay, <laughs> okay so since the age of two mm -hmm. you've had a club in your hand yep. so obviously anyone out there that golfs really well or golfs really poorly or somewhere in between um it's a very muscle memory sport so yes. you have to have a lot of repetitions and again whether you're good or bad or in between um so you've been learning for your entire life yeah. and so when did you kind of know hey i'm i'm pretty good at this <laughs> um i'm actually extremely humble like i don't like to say that i'm good at the i'm game. gonna say it for you yeah, so okay. <laughs> okay i'm gonna say it for you so so you can be as humble as you want but i will say as a very good golfer when did you realize hey Maybe I could do something with us. So I realized I wanted to play in college, probably about my sophomore year of high school. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I wasn't shooting great scores. Like I was like maybe lucky to get into the high 70s mm -hmm. um, at that age. Um, I think I shot my personal best of a 76 my senior year of high school, and that was the best I'd ever done. So I wasn't any kind of all-star in high school. Like I was just kind of like your average, you know, could get in the 30s every once in a while. Um, ended up going and playing Division II golf. Freshman and sophomore year, I did okay. It wasn't until my junior year where I finally like found this stride. And I shot three under at a tournament. Then I was shot wow. two under at a tournament. Then I shot even at a tournament. Like all of a sudden, like it just clicked with me. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what? You know, I could go somewhere with this. But um, it was also in my sophomore year of college. So I actually used to be, I was a forensic science major when hmm. I went into college originally. Okay. I went to Trumbull Career and Tech Center for their biotechnology program. I was super set on the sciences, wanted to keep going with that. Got into my sophomore year, my fall of sophomore year, and I realized I cannot do this with my life. So I'm like, you know, panicking. Like mm -hmm. yeah, I'm already almost halfway through my college career. What do I do? I'm like, you know what? I've known golf my whole life. I'm just going to go into the golf industry. No, th no ambitions to play professionally, just ambitions to work. Sure. And then in my junior year of college, that was when I was like, you know what? I could probably play and do something with this. Sure. Okay. All right. Very nice. So what do you think it was? You said in between your sophomore and junior year of college, it kind of clicked for you. I would say probably after fall season of my junior year of college okay. when it clicked with me, where I was like, okay, I, I could actually do this. And I actually had a conversation with a, my one of my best friends who I went to college with. And she was like, because she is also playing professionally 
And she said, you know, you can do it. She mm -hmm. said, you just have to, you know, you just have to do it and commit to it. So, okay. Okay. Was it, was there, you know, and I'm, I don't know if there's an exact moment in time, but was there a round or a, a shot or a practice round or something that you were like, now I got it. You know what I mean? Is it, or was it just like the sum of everything? Um, there was a moment. So I remember it was our very first tournament, my junior year in the fall. It was like our first tournament of the year. And I had a conversation with the one girl on our team who she was, she was a senior at the time. And I was like, you know, I'm so sick of, you know, not shooting under par. I, I hadn't even shot even par at the time. Like I was like, you know, getting a couple four overs, five over. Like I was like not breaking the boundary that I needed to break. Right. And I had a conversation with her and I was like, I'm just so sick and tired of not being able to do this. I work so hard. And she's like, it's going to come. Just mm -hmm. go. Next tournament, I shot two under par. And it was like, and I was like, okay, like I can do this. Next tournament, I shot three under par. And I'm like, okay, this is seriously something I can do. And then from there on, I, I have yet to do better than three under. I've never shot better than three under. I've come close a couple of times, but not, not quite. But that was probably the moment where I was like, okay, I'm actually like pretty good at this game. Yeah. Like I can make something of this. Okay. Okay. Very nice. So with your role now too at, at Trumbull, um, you're also a PGA junior league coach. Mm -hmm. Um, and what is a tailor-made staff pro? What is what does that mean? So we are able to basically become staff members under certain club and golf companies. So okay. Titleist does it. Colorado as you're wearing. It, as I'm wearing. Yeah. Yes, I'm wearing okay. a tailor-made hat, as I should. <laughs> um, but most club companies do. Okay. And basically all it is, is I am just told when I play, I have to use tailor-made clubs, tailor-made balls, wear a tailor-made hat. Um, some companies are stricter on clothing that you can wear and they limit it. Tailor-made is not very strict. They said you can basically wear whatever you want. Um, I usually stick to anything with the Trumbull logo on it sure. just to keep it safe. Okay. But, um, so yeah, they, they, they just asked that. And, um, I think glove too, I have to wear a tailor-made glove, but, okay. um, I, it's not like being sponsored, I guess is a mm -hmm. really good way to put it. Like I'm not sponsored fully by tailor-made, like they're not paying me to promote their product or anything, but I got, you know, clubs for free. I get, you know, money, like credit towards stuff on their site and things like that. So I, I kind of am getting paid in yeah, a way, not but a bad not, like they're not handing me a check, like <laughs> sure. hey, you shot, you know, four over in this tournament. Here you go. Here's a check yeah. for doing so well. Um, the only time that I think I can get money for that is if I play in like a really big tournament, like say I make it into the, like the women's US Open or something yeah. and I do really well. I think I'll get something for that. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. So sports man management and chemistry, like you said, that's a very <laughs> interesting dynamic there. Um, you know, like my background in college was education and psychology. They yep. kind of generally go together. So tell us how chemistry <laughs> and sports management uh, uh, work for you. So it was, so like I said, I was a forensic science major. And when I decided to switch majors, um, they said, you have one of two options. They said, you can 
drop your minor. You can drop a minor completely, just do your major, but you're going to have to take a whole bunch of these like ridiculous filler classes. Mm-hmm. And then they said, or you can take two more science classes and that'll count toward a chemistry minor. And that will count toward your last two classes. Cause okay. basically since my science classes didn't line up with the new bachelor that I was yeah. going for, they were like, okay, you're going to have to take a whole bunch of filler classes. And I thought, well, I want to graduate on time and I don't want to take like 20 credits a semester. So I'm like, all right, I'll just finish out. Okay. Unfortunately, I had to take two of the hardest classes for that main, for that minor, but I was like, it's worth it. I got done in time. <laughs> so that was how I ended up with a chemistry minor. And my dad always tells me, he's like, please put that on every resume you ever yes. turn in, put it on. He's like, cause it's going to act, people are going to ask questions. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of my friends that have done, um, you know, and become pharmacists or whatever, they would always say organic chemistry, the hardest class they ever took. So I don't know if you had to go down that route or not. But... I did. I only <laughs> had to take organic chemistry one. Um, so I was lucky that I didn't have to take the second one because yeah. I barely got through the first one. Like, I think I got I got an A, but it was like very like I think it came down to the final exam of whether okay. I was going to get an A or a B. But actually, I think the the two hardest ones I took were biochemistry was really hard but that just was with saying like i walked into that class like you know if i get a b it'll i'll be okay. yeah right, like, right i accepted b <laughs> from the very beginning but the class that was the hardest was actually analytical chemistry interesting and okay. it was the most boring class i ever saw because it's literally just tiny analytical mathematical things of lab work and okay. it was it was awful. So luckily, I think that might have been the class that drove me out of that major. Okay. I was like, I can't do this my whole life. <laughs> so I'm so boring. So uh, during this interview, we will not ask any more chemistry or biology <laughs> questions of you. However, let's go into uh, you do a lot of like motivational type stuff on YouTube. You mm-hmm. post some of your workout videos and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about, you know, doing stuff on YouTube and how that either helps you or helps others around you. So my YouTube is very small, but but that's I, okay. You're growing. Yeah, You're growing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's funny. I posted a video that I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it because mm-hmm. I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be educational for people. And it sure. was just like, what clubs I'm playing this year? It has almost 600 views so far, and I'm go. like, I did not expect that to happen. Like, <laughs> I gained like 20 subscribers from it. I was there like, whoa, okay. Um, actually, have something going here now. Yeah. But. I started the YouTube channel kind of on a whim because I watch YouTube a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I, there are so many people I follow and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, this is something that I could probably do. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how hard it actually was. Like I had to learn how to edit and oh, yeah. do all this. And luckily I, I'm a pretty fast learner, so I figured it out, but, um, it all stemmed from that. And, um, as far like in like with Instagram and stuff, I kind of changed my perspective on social media in general. And like the last year, I thought, you know what, like, because I used to post just to, you know, get likes and do stuff mm-hmm. like that. And right. I thought, you know what, I, I don't like what the person that it was turning me into. So mm-hmm. the YouTube, I kind of changed the dynamic on my YouTube, changed the dynamic of my Instagram to kind of become that more motivational, yeah, you know, helping people like teaching people, you know, like you don't have to work out every single day. Like I don't, I've skipped the last two days because let's face it, my 5am alarm went off and I said, absolutely not. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So like, and that's, that's kind of what I wanted it to be about. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Very good. Very good. And in turn, I think sometimes when you're like reteaching something or explaining something that you already know, you almost like pick up like, oh yeah, maybe you think about things a little bit different. Like you're reteaching it, which teaches you in turn again. Yeah, exactly. Like I've learned so many different things over the last like year, just from doing all of that stuff. And it's been great. Um, that and that video taking off has really kind of motivated me even more yeah. to keep going with it. Cause if, cause last year, like around when I started at Trumbull, I kind of stopped doing it more or less because of time. Cause mm-hmm. it took me, it would take me forever to film. I wouldn't have anything to film. Um, and that kind of got me down cause it kind of made me think like, man, my life is nothing but home and work. Like yeah, I have nothing sure. to show. And then I kind of reinvented it. I'm like, no, I have more that I can talk about. Oh, and yeah. then that's when the golf thing kind of became the, the whole, the main point of it. And okay. I thought, okay, golf and fitness is something I do every day. I might as well show people what I do. No doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. That's awesome. Okay. So you mentioned your parents owning that short holes mm-hmm. when you were younger. Uh, and you mentioned picking up a club when you were two. Yep. Um, and did you always love it from an early age or it was just something you did until you learned to love it? Um, my dad might disagree with what I say this, <laughs> but I have always, I have felt that I've always loved it. I, I have to say, I kind of regret how I treated golf growing up because I did not practice a whole lot. Like I was very adamant about not practicing and it wasn't because I didn't like it. It was more because I just felt that there were things more important than it. Sure. But now looking back, I wish I would have listened to my dad and practiced more. Cause I, um, but I mean, I, I am where I am now because of it, but, um, I mean, I have always loved golf and I love it even more now than when I was growing up. And the, the part that kind of, you know, drove me away from golf was actually college. Like, interesting. So I became like this, a completely different person at college. And I still loved golf, but part of me just was like ready to hang my bag, my clubs up and never look at them again at the Mm -hmm. end of it. Cause I was so, you know, when COVID hit, it kind of was hard. And then, um, but I was so stressed and overwhelmed and was in such in an environment that I just did not like, but I kind of stayed for the benefit of other people instead Mm -hmm. of the benefit for myself. I was so ready to hang up my clubs after. Mm. And then I kind of just, you know, took a break from it for a little bit, still practiced every once in a while. It was finding the job in golf that made me love golf again and Mm -hmm. get back into it. And now playing professionally, I love it even more because I now realize I'm not playing for anybody else's benefit or success. I'm playing for me and I have found so much more fun in it. Um, My dad caddies for me. So it's like, it's a family outing now for me. That's really cool. I love going into a tournament like, you know, I'm either going to walk away in first place or I'm going to walk away the same person I was when I walked on the golf course. Awesome. It's not going to make any difference to my life. And I kind of just live by that now. Like I just went through a phase where my golf scores were defining me and Mm I, and that was uh, just something I had to break. Yeah. I think that's great advice for athletes of any sport. Mm -hmm. It's like, don't let who you are define you. You go out and be you and Literally, you, sometimes you just have to live with the results. Sometimes Absolutely. it's not going to be your greatest score, your greatest round, or your greatest game, or whatever it might be. But you know, at the end of the day, if you're doing everything you can to make yourself better, you know, I, you you go out and you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
looking back on my college experience, because I still loved college. Like it was mm-hmm. great. Like I enjoyed, you know, the atmosphere. I miss it every once in a while. I don't miss school really a whole <laughs> lot, but I miss college. Not those chemistry classes? No, I do not miss those <laughs> at all. I don't even miss my business classes. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's, it does kind of stink that that did happen because mm-hmm. it kind of does tarnish how good college is. Because I see, you know, all these people have such great college experiences and I'm like, Mine wasn't really like that, though. And yeah. it, it kind of stinks that mine wasn't like that. But um, I definitely learned something from it. And now I'm like a huge advocate for athletes and their mental health and like helping people. Like, yes. listen, if something if you're in an environment that you don't like, it's OK to leave it. Mm-hmm. Like you're allowed to do some things for yourself instead of no matter what people think of you on the outside, like whatever you do for you is the most important. Great advice, especially this month. This is mental wellness awareness mm-hmm. month. And, um, you know, we've had psychologists and professionals on this show before, and, you know, they pretty much said the same thing as you, you have to, you know, especially do what's best for you, because if you're trying to make everyone else happy and do this and that for everyone else, you're just going to make yourself miserable at the end of the day too. Yeah, absolutely. So that's great advice. And <laughs> so what is it like with your dad caddying for you? Is that a <laughs> awesome experience? Is it uh, sometimes frustrating? Is it a little bit of both? Uh, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> Mo- mostly because we are the exact same person. Okay. Like, we butt heads a lot. Yep. And it's because we both, we both want to do well in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and we are just the exact same person. Um, so we, we butt heads a lot. We, I haven't fully argued with him on the course in a long time. <laughs> I kind of fired him from being my caddy for a little bit there, but now he's my caddy again and we love it. Like we have fun. Um, our favorite thing to do is eat Snickers on the golf course <laughs> because that's just, you know, that was something that started back in junior golf where okay. he would tell me to eat his Snickers. Um, but yeah, so now it's just enjoy. Now it's fully enjoyable, but okay. yeah, back in the, back when I was younger, uh, I was pretty ruthless when I was younger. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And when I told you, I had mentioned, I, I had worked with Genevieve in the past. You said yes. she was, a you know, a, on the youth circuit or mm-hmm. whatever with you. And she is one of the sweetest people I know. Mm-hmm. However, she is fiery and a competitor on that golf course. Yes, so I think is. you got to be a little bit of both. Too. So yes. to, to be that, you know, to have that mindset. Yeah. I remember playing her. She was always like, she, she is like the, one of the nicest people I know. Mm-hmm. She's so sweet, but oh my gosh, on the golf course, she was like, <laughs> She's like I was like, killer. I, know, I was like, how do you do this? I'm like, yeah. can you teach me how to do this? <laughs> no, she's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let me ask this to any future golfers that might be out there, whether they're eight years old, Mm -hmm. you know, the eight year old you watching this, you know, uh, or someone that maybe has never picked up a club and they're in their thirties and they want advice. So someone that's like learning to golf, what advice, and I know that's a very broad question, but what advice would you give someone Um, who's maybe just starting out? Just starting out. Um, don't get discouraged too quickly. It's a very hard game. It's a hard game and it's a humbling game too. Mm -hmm. It's one of those sports where people from the outside in look at it and think it's super easy, but it's not. Um, It's physically demanding. It's mentally demanding. And if you're just starting out, don't get discouraged. Like if you don't hit a good shot, I promise you, you know, you're going to hit bad shots. Mm -hmm. You're also going to hit good shots. And if you really want to feel better, go and look up 
videos on the PGA Tour of like their biggest blunders yeah. and like, you know, Tiger Woods shooting an 82 in a tournament is completely unheard of, but he's done it mm -hmm. at his skill level. So I, no matter what, you're, you're going to have good shots and you're going to have bad shots. You just got to kind of learn to roll with it no matter what. Awesome. Great advice. All right. So when you are about to tee off, let's say you, you know, it's a big tournament. You're on the first tee. You got, you know, however many, whether there's five people or whether there's 50 or 500, what's going through your head when you're about to tee off in the first hole? When I'm about to tee off on the first hole, the funny thing is, is that golf, since golf is such a mental game, mm -hmm. you have to be thinking positive no matter what. You can't let the any negatives in. The The one thing you, you have to tell yourself is actually you don't say the word don't. Mm -hmm. because your brain doesn't understand that word. So if I say, ah, oh, don't go in those trees, guarantee I'm going to shank it in those trees. So my first thought on the, my thoughts on the first T are always, you know, no matter what your family, your husband, you know, the God is going to love you just the way you are when you're done. Um, the second thing always is, Stripe it down the fairway. <laughs> Those are my first yep. two things. Awesome. Stay positive. I love it. And really, if you think about it, golf, not being, I mean, you can play on a team and have a team cumulative score. However, it's an individual game. Absolutely. And there is not much more pressure than it's just you mm -hmm. and the results are all on you. So staying positive, keeping that good mindset is so yep. important absolutely so important because a lot of times you know a lot of people can have the equal skill level but it's what goes on between the ears that's uh the oh, difference absolutely the the mental game is what makes separates your good good golfers from bad golfers mm -hmm. if you have a poor attitude if you don't have a strong mental game which you know i've read books upon books of how to improve my mental game um I started out reading them when I was younger because my dad made me, but now I read them and I actually yeah. enjoy them. Yeah. Um, that was just, you know, middle school, high school, Emily, just not appreciating what was being put in front of her and not realizing how important it would be yeah. later on in the future. But no books have been huge. Uh, but yeah, the mental game is what's going to separate the good from the bad. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, do you have any pre round superstitions or rituals that you do? No superstitions. I'm actually not a very superstitious person. Okay. Um, my number one pre-round ritual, and I started it in college. I don't remember when. Um, senior year, junior year, around that time. Um, I listened to the song Indestructible Soul by Jeremy Camp. Okay. And I always listen to that song, and I just kind of go off by myself, and I just pray Okay. Um, to God and say, you know, walk with me on the course, keep my mind right, mm -hmm. keep, you know, the negative thoughts away as best you can. And basically just no matter what happens, I know that I am good and healthy and happy at the end of the round, no matter what. Awesome. Um, so I, that's probably the thing that I do every single time. Um, as far as warming up goes and things like that, I'm, I just, you know, go hit a few balls on the range, go hit a few putts. I'm not a huge, like, practice a lot before you play person i'm okay. just like you know what it's uh, i've always been taught it's either there today or it's not okay no amount of warming up or practice is going to change the round that is you know set in stone for me today interesting okay all right i like it um what is your favorite aspect of golf and in turn what is the toughest part of golf for you 
So favorite and toughest. Um, so my favorite aspect of golf is probably just how, how social it can be mm -hmm. and how it brings a lot of different people together. Um, I've always loved that. Um, I've loved making friends on the golf course. I mean, you're going to spend four hours together. <laughs> you might as well make it friendly. Mm -hmm. um, you meet so many people and you meet people from like, you know, started at the age of 20 and now they're 21 and they're playing well, or you meet people like me who started at two. Um, the toughest part of golf is definitely, I mean, but other than like for, like for me personally, other than trying to stay in the positive mindset and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I have always, I mean, as far as like the actual golf game goes, my short game is just not there. Um, I've always struggled with that, but, um, on the mental side of things, I would say just keeping it positive and trying sure. to keep your mind in that place is okay. probably the toughest part of golf. For sure. So if you driving, you know, the, you, you know, your middle shots, your, your iron type shots and, um, putting. So you think putting's maybe your weakest area? Putting or I think it's just my short game. In general. Okay. Chipping short, okay. and putting. I, I've had days where it has been spot on mm -hmm. and, and everything like, you know, and those are the days I play extremely well, but most of the time I just, I, I struggle in that area okay. and I practice it a lot, yeah. but it's just one of those things where it just doesn't always click every sure, time, sure. And, but that happens with everybody has a part of the game. That's like that. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. All right. What is the toughest course you've ever played? Actually, I just played it. And my dad is going to laugh at this part when he listens to this. Um, I played in the U.S. Women's Open qualifier uh, a couple weeks ago. And that course was the cruelest course I've ever played. Actually, I'll take that back. It's the second cruelest course I've ever played. And my dad is really going to laugh now when I say this, because when we went to districts in high school, we played a course called uh tama shanner oh, hills yeah. and dales not the one in pa oh. it was in canton okay and that course the course in the u.s qualifier course they were very similar and they were both equally hard luckily the one in canton now has been demolished <laughs> so i'm not saying i put that into existence but maybe the other country club it'll be put into existence but yeah that club i just played was easily the hardest court one of the hardest courses i've ever played okay and like I'm not the kind of person I remember having a conversation in my car or in the car with my dad on the way home. I was like, I am not the one to complain about course conditions. Everybody plays them and stuff like that. But I, and I looked at my dad. I'm like, that course was hard. <laughs> and my dad was like, oh, I was mentally gone after nine holes. Yeah. Like how hard it was. Mm -hmm. And oh my, and it was 36 holes in one day. Oh, wow. So if you can imagine, so after nine holes, we're already mentally And you're exhausted. walking all of those. Oh yeah. yeah. We're walking, we're mm -hmm. pushing a car and it was hilly. Like mm -hmm. I'm talking, you know, Mount Everest Hills. So it was, that was a rough one. Okay. Um, and that was also my first competitive tournament that I played since last set, like this past September. Okay. So I was going into it, like, you know, not, not didn't have a whole lot of time to practice weather in Ohio is mm -hmm. what it is. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have put that course on my shun list and I will <laughs> never be stepping foot there again. Okay. Nothing against the course. The course was beautiful. It was, you know, challenging and, and all that, but I, will I ever play competitively there again? Probably not. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was just a course you had to play before you compete there. And sure. that's all. And that was all it was. Okay. Now you had mentioned the weather in Ohio where, you know, but you get days like today, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And sorry to drag you in studio on a perfect <laughs> golf day, no, but, good. um, what, 
are the worst weather conditions for a golfer? Is it wind? Is it rain? Is it all of the above? What is that? Uh, I think the consensus is, and I, I personally think that rain is the worst. Okay. Um, just because there is so much that go, that goes with rain. Mm -hmm. You have to wear a rain suit. You have to keep your towels dry. You have to dry your grips off. You have to worry about an umbrella. If it's windy, you have to worry about the umbrella blowing your bag over. <laughs> There's just, it adds like so much stress and you're like trying to keep everything dry. You have like 50 layers on because you're trying to keep yourself dry. You have to mm -hmm. wear rain gloves. Like it's, it's intense playing in the rain. So are there different gloves than just your typical golf gloves? Yeah, There's so actually rain there gloves. Are rain See, gloves. like an am like a novice like me doesn't know even know that. <laughs> so yeah, there are rain gloves. They're just they're basically a different material than regular gloves. Okay. So regular gloves are meant the material that they're made of they're meant to grip the rubber for the grips okay. the rain gloves are meant to get wet and do the same thing got it so it's just a little bit of a different material okay. uh, because regular gloves if they get wet um they can become slick sure yeah so, i i know that all too well okay <laughs> all right um outside of trumbull country club because we're going to put that at the top of your list okay what would be your favorite course you've ever played oh gosh um that's a tough one because I have a lot of courses I've always like really liked and wow, that's a tough one. We can revisit that if you want to think about it a little we bit. We might have to revisit that okay. one. I got, I got to think through my head of all the courses I've played. All right. Let me, let me go to this one then. Okay. So a dream course, oh. your dream course, if you could pick one, um, out for me, I think most people would say Augusta, Yeah. but I think for me, um oh and now the name's escaping me pebble <laughs> beach i think pebble beach would probably be my number one but augusta i think i, I probably have to put yeah one. i was gonna say augusta is probably at the top of my list um i actually got to go to the masters last year so i oh, stepped nice. foot. I don't, like it is just like it, the experience was amazing but it's just incredible like the grass looks like turf like it i'm gonna is just can pristine. i name drop real quick here i'm gonna name drop scott van pelt do you know who scott van pelt is he's an espn announcer but anyway oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. does the masters yes and i met him last year in an event he had told me they keep the ground so pristine they actually have you know where the trash cans are they actually yeah. send them underground so there's not one speck of trash oh my God. on the course and then it comes back up there's all these underground okay. tunnels yeah so that doesn't surprise so, me yeah i mean so you've actually been to augusta yes. national and it is like if you ever get the chance to go yeah. go i've entered the lottery i've never won so. I, that's how we got it <laughs> that's how we want and we actually won it back in 2020 but because of covid they were still splitting it so we didn't get to go until 2022 which okay. is a good thing yeah. because i was in college in 21 so i wouldn't have been able to go yeah but no, if you ever get the chance to go, go. Because okay. it's like, it, it's just astounding. And the food is incredible. Yeah. And you can take, you can buy like all the food you want for like 15 bucks. Right? Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> I think the sandwiches were like $1.50 at most. Like drinks were like a dollar. Like it was insane. Like, it's not cheap to get in. But once you get in, all you need is a 20. And, you're getting... and the pro shop is extremely expensive. Yes. I think they said this past year that the pro shop was going to do like, oh gosh, I, I wish I could remember like, you it know, was in the millions 10 per day million yeah. for the whole week wow 
just in pro shop alone. And that wasn't even the women's am beforehand too. That was just the yeah. masters. They were going to like do like 10 million. And I thought that's insane. But then I remember like people walking out with like four bags oh, full yeah. of stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, they yeah. easily dropped at least. Five well, and, grand. and I know why too, because then you look on eBay or the secondary market and people are reselling that yeah. for a markup. But anyway, yep. so <laughs> Augusta, you think would be your number one then? Uh, Augusta, if I ever got to play Augusta, I think I would have said I made it as a golfer just mm -hmm. to, you know, I mean, even stepping foot there was like, okay i've made it my bucket list is the top of my bucket list is complete i can you know live my life in peace now <laughs> um pebble beach is definitely up there um pinehurst is definitely up there there's a lot of courses mm -hmm. um funny enough of course i really want to play and it's right in ohio is um highland meadows where mm. they play the the uh dana open for the lpga okay. i've been there um, I went and watched it. And then when I worked for the Northern Ohio PJ section, our Toledo open was there one year. So I've okay. been there a bunch, but never got to play it. Um, so that's one that's just right in our backyard. Same with, um, Inverness, uh, cl just club, little clubs like that, that I have you been to, um, Mirrorfield. I have not. And that's a, it's in, that, it's in like two weeks. I know that's get a, down there. That is, I feel like a horrible Ohioan to say <laughs> that. And I am an Ohio golfer and I've never stepped foot on your, Oh, we got to get you down there. It is a beautiful course. Too. I've heard. And the funny thing is, is that Taylor made, they did a tournament there in April and I couldn't go. And I was upset because I was like, oh, I could have played Mirfield and mm -hmm. I could have played in a tournament. And, and I'm like, eh, eh, eh it didn't we're going to get you down there. One of these years <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> soon enough, we're going to get you there. All right. So, um, and I'm going to still have you think on in the back of your head while you're answering all these questions, your favorite course you've played. Um, okay. So do you have a shot in your history that sticks out to you as like your best shot you've ever hit struck or, you know, best putt you've ever made or, or, you know, drive or whatever. Do you have a shot or a round that sticks out to you? Round, I have a couple rounds that stick out to me, okay. but a shot that sticks out to me was at my regionals my sophomore year of college so that was kind of like when that was probably the point where i finally like you know was starting to play a little bit better sure um but on the third hole of the first round i got a hole in one oh my dad was there to see it um so it was a it was like a 140 yard shot or something and it was there was a creek in between but the brush was so high we couldn't see the green all we could see was the flag so i shot it i hit it and i knew it was good it was going right at the pin i just didn't know how good it was and all of a sudden i hear my dad just erupt oh, on the other awesome. side of the thing and he's like and he's just screaming it went in it went in and that's probably my favorite moment ever i will never forget it i have the golf ball it's in like a little case in my, so in my cool. office at home like that's probably one shot that i will never forget okay that's that's fantastic um do you let me let me ask like this. Do you have well, you mentioned the round. So what what round sticks out to you or a couple rounds stick out to you? Um, you, you the hole in one happened as a sophomore as a sophomore. OK, yeah. OK. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that I think I shot like 79 that day. So I didn't even I didn't hey, kept you, out very kept well. you under 80. It did. <laughs> <laughs> kept was, you under my 80. dad was like, man, the hole in one's the only thing that <laughs> kept you under. And I'm like, hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Hey. Um, Probably the round that, funny enough, the round that sticks out to me the most was my last round of college ever, probably. Hmm. And that's because I played terrible. Hmm. And I just thought that, like, that was kind of like, it was my last round. My dad was there to watch it. Yeah. And I walked off the green just sobbing. And that was like... 
that's probably the round that sticks out to me the most because the whole time all I could think was I'm playing terrible, but this is my last round. So I don't care. Like I'm going to make it the best I can. Um, and so it's, it's odd that a, that a bad round is the one that sticks out to me the most, but I don't know, just something about that round. And we, we went through a lot in those last few days. Like we had a girl that was like, right when you still had to test for COVID before, uh, we had a girl on our team. She tested positive when we got there. So mm -hmm. we got, we didn't even know if we were going to be able to play. We thought that we were going to be out. So the fact that we even got to play was a miracle. Like we, our coach fought, it was actually our, um, our grad assistant that was with us that time. Um, he fought so hard for us to play. Um, so, we, so it was more or less just the fact of, I actually got to play in my yeah. last one, my senior year okay. and I made it there. So I think that's why it sticks out to me the most because it almost didn't happen. I was going to say, yeah. I, and I think a lot of people that are really good at what they do, especially in, in athletics, um, sometimes remember the bad stuff or the bad rounds or the negative experiences more than the good because they build off of that yeah. to make themselves better. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you had mentioned the hole in one. So I gotta, I gotta ask you about the, uh, the whole Michael block, story this past week yes. so he was the golf professional very similar to you Absolutely. and got to play yes. and he he killed it so what does someone that you're basically in his shoes mm -hmm. on the female side so like what does someone like you think about that i think it's amazing his story is just was so awesome to watch and the mm -hmm. hole in one just completely topped it off and the funny thing was i'm was sad he i dunked it too. i know i didn't get to see it live <laughs> i was so upset I'm, I was actually driving to dinner with my husband and he was like, I, I got a text and I read it on my watch and all it said was Michael Block just dunked one on hole 15. <laughs> and I'm like, I, so as soon as we got sat down in the restaurant, I like pulled my phone out. I'm like, I got to watch this. But his story is incredible because I feel like people sometimes don't see PGA professionals as professional golfers. And some, some of them aren't, some of them go into the business and they have no aspiration to play. And mm -hmm. that's perfectly fine. But the ones that do play and they enjoy it and they, you know, try to, you know, make a career out of it while working too, I feel like sometimes people don't see us as professional golfers. And I think he really broke that wall down because he did better than some of the top players in the world. Yeah. And it's like, it just kind of shows, you know, I think TaylorMade put a picture online that said, why not? And his, that is exactly it. Why not? Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't we do this? Why shouldn't we be? you know, excuse me, allowed to go and do this. And I don't know, his story was very inspiring. Um, for me, because he was also a tailor-made guy. So I was mm -hmm. like, woohoo. Yeah, right. I'm like, go tailor-made. <laughs> but um, just his, yeah, his story in general. And when I found out, like, he works at, you know, he gives lessons at a club. And like, th that was life-changing for him. And there was also a video circulating online. My dad sent it to me of everybody at the club reacting to him mm -hmm. finishing when he got, and when he got the hole in one and they were just cheering, the place was erupting. And I thought that man is extremely lucky. He loves what he does. He just did something incredible and he has an entire club surrounding him. Oh yeah. And they love the, what he just did. And I, that, that's what it means right there. When you find a, a place like that in life, you, you've made it. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I've seen both of those videos, the, uh, you know, I've seen the hole in one and I saw the club reacting like that to me, like the reaction of the other people 
or is the one that gave me more chills than yeah, than that one. Me too. Like it, it, <laughs> it made me tear up a little bit because I thought, man, that place appreciates yes, him. Yes. And you can see it in their faces how happy they are for him and how much they wanted him to succeed. And this. you know his golf lessons just went up a, a few bucks per oh, uh, I know. Per the, hour. The, the thing said that he was already charging $125 a lesson. And I thought, I mean, he's going to be charging like $200. Oh, at yeah. Least at now. least now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Okay. So let me ask you this. This is a um, either or type question. Okay. I'm going to give you a very random hypothetical here. So you're on the 18th hole. Uh, you are tied for the lead. Oh, goodness gracious. You, if you make the putt, you force over, you know, you force extra holes. You okay. force a playoff. Or if you miss the putt, you lose. Okay. Or you sink in a birdie on the 18th, but you finish 10 strokes behind. What would you rather have? So you miss the putt that could have put you in the playoff, or you make the putt, but you finish 10, 10 strokes back. So you're finishing on positive, but you're not as high, but you miss a crucial putt from a very short distance. Um, that's a tough question. I'll, I'll tell you why I asked it in a minute. I'm, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have a reason. All right, so so I either so it's either I miss a putt to get into a playoff to move on, or I make a putt but I'm ten shots back. Yeah, and let's say you finish tenth. I'm finishing tenth. <sighs> wow. I would say. Oh man, that's a tough question. <laughs> um. Let me let me let me put the let me get it in my head. Yeah, and let, and while you're thinking of it, I'm gonna explain why I ask it because whenever I have basketball coaches or basketball players on, I always ask them, "Would you rather lose at the buzzer or get blown up by 30?" Almost every person says, "I'd rather get blown up by 30," because one decision or one play I could have made differently, I'm gonna overanalyze that the rest of the day, the rest yeah. of the night, the next couple of weeks, whatever. So that's why I ask that to a golfer because. Sometimes it's one stroke that makes a difference. Yeah. I would say that I would rather, funny enough, I would rather miss the putt to go into the playoff. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I at least know that I gave myself a chance. Yes. And I, I gave myself an opportunity to win. If I'm mm -hmm. like, and I'm sure at 10 shots back, I'm thrilled to have made that putt. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's not a bad place. Like 10th place is not a bad place. No, no, not at all. But, I think I would feel a lot better knowing I gave myself a shot yep. than, you know, I, you know, was never in it to begin with. I like that answer because I think it's a very different dynamic because you're not comparing apples to apples there with a team sport versus an individual exactly. sport too. So I like that answer there. And I wanted to explain why I asked that. Okay. All okay. Right. So golfer or athlete, you admire that you could play a round of golf with. Oh my God. Any, and they could be living or deceased. That's hard. So any male, female, whoever, any athlete or golfer that you could play an entire round of golf with. Oh my gosh. That's such a tough question. Cause there's so many people that I, what if I, I gave could... you a foursome? You can have three then I can have three. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I would have to go with Annika Sorenstam. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Arnold Palmer and uh, uh, Joel Damon. 
I'm not familiar with Joel Damon. He is. If did you watch the the um the oh gosh full swing series? It's on. on it's on my queue. I have not seen it yet. Though. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Okay. It is fantastic. He is. His first line in the show was, "Well, somebody's got to be 75th in the world. It might as well be me." <laughs> so yeah. he is. You know, just the energy of wear bucket hats on the golf course, like take your shirt off if you make a birdie putt. Like that would just like his energy would be so and it would be a, an odd dynamic to play with all four of them. But yeah, all four of them would or all three of them, I guess I should say, would bring just completely different aspects of the game. Like Annika is a superstar. Mm -hmm. Like I God, I would I would give anything to meet her. Um, Arnold Palmer, he was, you know, the he basically made this game what it is today mm -hmm. and he he was it was on my bucket list to meet him and when he passed away i was so mm -hmm. sad because i thought that's just one person that i would have loved to meet um and then i think uh joel damon just kind of speaks for itself okay. he, he would just be fun to play with <laughs> that's cool i'm gonna have to look him up and well i'm just gonna have to check out that show yeah soon, I, so. just to put into perspective he in the and it, and he talks about it in the show. He had to qualify for the U.S. Open last year, playing in the qualifier, and I think he played the one in Ohio. He shot like played awful the first round, went and drank like six white claws, and then <laughs> uh, he shot, he ended up shooting like six under the second round and made it in. So you know, he I feel like he would just be an entertaining guy to play. With. Everybody's got that like you know because a lot of me and my friends are we're we're casual golfers, yeah. so we do a lot of you know outings and stuff like that, but we're playing best ball, you know, we're oh, not yeah. playing, you know, so it's a lot of scrambles and stuff like that. Sometimes you hit that bell curve of like, okay, a couple drinks, a couple drinks. Oh, I'm feeling good. And then it's like, Oh, if I drink anymore, it's going right back down to yep. where it started. So yeah, I, I can, I feel like I can relate to him a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. I will check that out. Um, okay. So Augusta national, uh, you can play that course with, um, by yourself. Hypothetically, this okay. is an either or again. Oh god! You can, so you can you can play that course by yourself, um, or you can take those four, you and those three others, to a local putt putt course and do that. You have to pick one of the two though. So you get to putt putt with Annika Sorenstam, <laughs> Arnold Palmer, and uh, the third guy you mentioned, or you get to go play Augusta by yourself. What are you picking? Uh, I'm going to pick the putt. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a much better story to say. I just beat, you know, Honor Palmer, Annika and Joel at putt putt here in Ohio versus I walked and played Augusta by myself. Okay. I just feel like the story is much better. I like it. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. So, uh, let's, I'm going to ask you just a couple random ones before we close out here. So favorite golf or sports movie. Oh, that's hard because my husband and I are big movie people. Okay. Um, probably would have to be uh, the greatest game ever played. That's probably. a yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that's that's just such a good movie. And my dad and I always watch it, and we still quote that movie mm -hmm. very often. There's a lot of good quotes in that movie. Um, so I'd say that's probably my favorite. That's movie. a cool one because it's a real underdog story too. Yeah, you it's know? a huge, and it was true. Yeah, and so like that's just you know that's just awesome. This is so funny because your answer was the same as I believe Brian and Jenna's when, oh, really? when I had them on too. So <laughs> very good. I, me being the very casual golfer, I'm going happy Gilmore more so you know oh yeah that's always good <laughs> do you have a favorite non-sports movie or like other type of sports movie um 
like one that if you had to rewatch a movie like a bunch of times over and over, what are you going with? Oh, that's tough because we, like I said, we're big movie people yeah. in our house. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a nerd at heart. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna say no to a good like Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> when you said nerd, I I figured you were going Harry right to Potter, the Harry Potter. Star route. Wars. Like okay. I'm not gonna say no to that. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, you had mentioned a song you liked earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you had to play one song every time you walked up to the first tee, like a base, you know, like a, how they have a walk up song for baseball. Yeah. What would your walk up song to the tee be? Um. That's another tough one because there's a lot of good songs mm -hmm. I can think of. Um, there's actually a song by another Christian band that I really like. Um, and it is just, it's a goofy song. Um, it's called Happy Dance by Mercy Me. It was okay. actually, it was actually the song that we walked in, like when they announced us when we got married, that was the song we did it to. And it okay. was just, it's so upbeat. It's so fun. Yeah. And I think that that would just put me in a good mood before okay. everything. So I'm not going to go for the serious, yeah, you know, yeah. like look tough as I walk sure, up. I'm going to sure. go for the, let's just have fun. <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. So, um, right now you mentioned you're kind of an avid reader. You know, you watch a lot of YouTube clips. Uh, I don't know if you listen to any podcasts or anything like that. What are you either listening to watching or, or reading right now? Um, so right now I'm reading two, actually I'm reading two different books. I, I got two going at once. Um, one of them is golf is a game of confidence by Bob Rotella. Um, I kind of started that one before the tournament. Um, and then another one I'm reading is called guidance and the voice of God. And it's basically just like, it's a book about understanding, you know, God's word and, and everything that he teaches and how to kind of, how to like interpret it a little bit yeah. better. Um, Listening to podcasts, um, I listen to this uh, whole bunch of different podcasts. <laughs> like I, my spectrum of podcasts is all over the place from, from humor to, um, cause there's a group of, uh, people I watch on YouTube that have one and they have a humor podcast okay. and I listen to like murder mystery podcasts yeah, yeah. and like, you know, cold case files and things like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm kind of all over the yeah, board. I that's don't have how a genre. I am, there's too. no genre I stick to. That's good. That's the best way to be. Keep it, keep it refreshed. I love it. Okay. So tell people that maybe aren't familiar with your either Instagram or YouTube pages where they can follow you, how, you know, get some more likes on those videos and stuff Absolutely. like that. So my YouTube is pretty easy. Um, it's just Emily Heikola. Um, if, uh, if you type in H E I, you might, it might pop up. <laughs> um, but yeah, Emily when I asked real quick story, when I asked Emily before, cause I never want to pronounce anyone's name so I said, can you spell it for me grammatically? And she's like, just say hi, killer. Yep. So <laughs> it was like, so, but, but spell start. it H-E-I-K-K-I-L-A. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, it's like that. Um, and then my Instagram is just M hikes golf. Um, that's kind of the name that I started doing everything by and things like that. So. Okay. Awesome. Well, we look forward to you doing great things. If someone wants maybe a lesson or to pick up the game of golf or just uh, some advice and they want to go to Trumbull County Country Club, mm -hmm. uh, what, you know, can they get a hold of you there? Can they ask your advice? Can they, are you doing lessons or anything like that there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if anybody's interested in lessons, um, uh, I do them at Trumbull. So I work through two different things. I do lessons at Trumbull and I also work for, um, Buster Thomas school of golf who yeah. you can get lessons through that as well. I'm on two different things. Uh, but yeah, if anyone's interested in lessons, um, you can contact Trumbull golf shop. Normally, you know, I'm usually there. 
Um, if you're interested in, you know, just any lessons, no matter what, whether you want to do them at the club or not, I'll find a way to, to help you guys out. So, okay. but yeah, no, um, tr that's probably the best way to reach me. Or if you guys follow me on Instagram, you can DM me on Instagram. If you're in the area, I would love to come and help you guys out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think a lot of you guys know down here too, Joe Danier, who runs our studio has a behind the scenes show. So hopefully we get out there and we can do one of those shows with you behind the scenes at Trumbull County Country Club. So we look forward to seeing Emily on the course, maybe on the LPGA one day. We'll <laughs> see. But uh, but she's doing great things and we appreciate you coming in. So thanks, I, Emily. This was so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, hopefully you and your dad are getting along on the golf course and, and we expect <laughs> great things out of you in the future. He's definitely so. <laughs> listening. So hi, dad. Love you. Sorry I'm so tough to deal with on the golf course sometimes. <laughs> well, thank you guys all for watching. Uh, enjoy your long weekend if you get one for Memorial Day weekend and uh, kick off the summer. So everybody have a great day and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. If you like our programming, we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our Facebook page, or subscribe to your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. This is original Youngstown content, and we would appreciate you